Hey everyone, you're listening to the Connect Church Podcast. We hope this sermon inspires you as well as builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Uh, Today we're starting a new series about the Holy Spirit, which is exciting. I find that the Holy Spirit is... um, can I say this accurately? I find that the Holy Spirit is one of the more misunderstood aspects of who God is. There's the Father, there's the Son, and then there's the Holy Spirit. And we don't have a hard time understanding fathers and sons because uh, all of us, in some way or another, had fathers in our lives, didn't we? Like, you didn't get here without a dad, correct? If you did, please put your hand up, and I want to talk to you and find out how that happened. But there was a dad involved somewhere. There was a man that fathered you somehow. And we all can understand the concept of being a son or being a daughter, can't we? Because you're sitting here, so you had to be a daughter, didn't you? It's not a trick question. Sierra's like, I don't know. And was I a daughter? Yes, you were a daughter at some. Were you a daughter? Yes, yes. Jameson, were you a son? Are you a son? Yeah, and you will be a son until the day you die because you will have had a father. So we understand the concepts of fathers and sons, but the the one that we get a little hung up on is the Holy Spirit. Am I alone in this? He's one of the more misunderstood aspects of God. And I feel like maybe some of the confusion about the Holy Spirit came from the King James Version Bible. When the King James Version Bible was translated, it was translated in the year 1611. And when they translated the Bible, they translated the word for spirit, they translated it to Holy Ghost. It was the Holy Ghost. Have you ever heard anybody talk about the Holy Spirit and say the Holy Ghost? I don't know about you, but when I hear somebody say Holy Ghost, the first thought, the first picture that pops into my head is Casper the Friendly Ghost. I'm being honest with you, it really is, because I hear that word ghost, and I immediately think of cartoons that you saw growing up, or you think of, you know, stuff at Halloween, and so our point of reference becomes a ghost, but the Holy Spirit is not a ghost, and in 1611, let me just give you some history here. It's okay to understand history and learn things when you go to church, isn't it? Okay, so when it was translated ghost in 1611, that primarily referred to the immaterial being of people in those days, which we now call spirit. We understand that a spirit is your eternal part that lives forever. But back in those days, they just used the word ghost to talk about your spirit. Well, now you come along, words change over years. In over 400 years, words change meaning a lot. And now today, the word ghost is thrown out a lot. We can even sit down and watch ghost hunters on TV. Not that any of us have ever watched ghost hunters. You know, a TV show where you can sit down and people put on these infrared or like these, these what are they even called? Man, those goggles they put on that help you night goggles. And you can see things in the night. And they go into these spooky houses to go and see ghosts and see, like, this paranormal activity. So now we have this point of reference where the world is talking about ghosts. And we're trying to figure out what the Holy Spirit is. And we just have a harder time reconciling the two and understanding exactly what the role of the Holy Spirit is. So over the next three weeks, we're going to take a look at who the Holy Spirit is. And we're calling this sermon, we're calling this series, Hello, My Name Is. 
and my name is the Holy Spirit. Not my name, but his name is the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to be talking about. Who is the Holy Spirit? Look at your neighbor if you have one. If you don't, you can look directly at me and say, who is the Holy Spirit? Won't you be my neighbor? All right, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. So, in the Old Testament, we can see a foreshadowing. And we can see many times when the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God is mentioned. Uh, we see in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 2, says this. And this is David speaking at the end of his life. And he says, The Spirit of the Lord speaks through me. His words are upon my tongue. And this is the Holy Spirit speaking through David at the end of his life after everything that David has done. We know David. David was the one who killed Goliath. David was the one how to all those people went and grabbed some stones and ran at Goliath and chucked those rocks at Goliath, hit him square in the forehead and went and took that sword that Goliath had and chopped off his head and the Israelites won. David was the one, the one who wrote all those psalms. And at the end of David's life, he says, this the spirit of the lord speaks through me we can look and see in the old testament people that when you read the scriptures in the old testament you will see these people were anointed by the spirit of the god people such as moses joshua othniel gideon joseph japheth samson saul david do you remember samson do you remember samson Samson, who the Spirit of God would come upon him, and he would kill a thousand of the enemy with a donkey's jawbone. Have you ever thought about doing that? When you looked at a donkey, did you stop and think, hmm, how could I kill a thousand of my enemies with this jawbone? It's okay. You can admit it. You can be human. We all have thoughts like that. Samson, Saul, David, Elijah, Elisha, Azariah, Zechariah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Micah, and all the Old Testament prophets were people that the Spirit of God anointed and spoke through them. So we see this in the Old Testament. In Genesis chapter 1, right at the very beginning, what do we see here? Put up that scripture. It says, The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So all along, from the very beginning and all through the Old Testament, we see this Spirit of God mentioned. We see this Spirit of God coming upon people to do amazing things to forward God's causes and His purposes, right? But we don't really hear about the Holy Spirit until John chapter 13, and let's go there. John chapter 14, sorry. And I don't know if we have verse 12 in John chapter 14. Okay, we do. This is verse 12, and it says this. I tell you the truth. This is Jesus talking. He's talking to his disciples. And he said, anybody who believes in me, and I love this scripture, guys. I love this scripture. And honestly, you should love it too, a lot. Because this is Jesus talking to his disciples about them and about us for the future, about what we are going to be in Christ in our lives. And he says this, I tell you the truth, anybody who believes in me will do the same works that I have done. Anybody who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater, 
Greater works than what Jesus did is an amazing thought to stop and ponder. For Leaf to sit there and say, okay, Jesus said that Leaf would do the same works that Jesus did and greater. Is Jesus tripping? No. He's talking about Leaf. And he says that Leaf can do those same things. What are the kind of things that Jesus did? Well, he raised the sick. He raised the dead. He opened blind eyes. He, he cast out demons. He did all kinds of things to bring healing and life to people that were broken and, and destitute and, and, and just shatters and, and, and shells of who they were supposed to be. God came and brought life to these people. And he says here, you're going to do the same things that I did and even greater because I'm going to the Father. Then jump down to verse 15. And he says, if you love me, obey my commandments. And here Jesus begins to talk about the Holy Spirit. So we've heard about the Spirit of God in the Old Testament. It wasn't a completely foreign concept. But all of a sudden Jesus begins to talk about the Holy Spirit to the disciples. And he says, you're going to do the same things that I did and even greater things. And then he says this, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world can't receive him because it isn't looking for him and they don't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Hey. Hey. Jesus says, things that I did, you're going to do, and even greater, because I go to my Father. Jesus had to go back to heaven to sit down beside his Father so that he could in turn send the Spirit of God down, the Holy Spirit, who the Bible calls the advocate in this translation. And in the, old, in, in the actual Greek, this word is parakletos, and it means this, an intercessor, a comforter, a helper, an advocate, a counselor. So Jesus said, it's better for you if I go away so that I can send the Holy Spirit down to you so that he can be there and guide you into all truth. See, Jesus was only one person, wasn't he? And one person, I don't know if you guys know this or not. I mean, you look smart, so you probably do. But I want to say it just to clarify. But one person can only be in one place at one time doing one thing. Is my science off on that? It's, that's good science, isn't it? I mean, I couldn't be a science teacher, but that's some solid scientific facts. I can only be standing right here, right now doing this. I can't be here and at home at the same time. I can't be standing right here, right now and getting on a plane going to San Diego and sitting on the beach. I can't. It's just not possible. Neither could Jesus. He was in one place at one time doing the one thing that he was called to do. And he did that. And he said this, guys, it's better for you if I go away because then I can send the Holy Spirit. Now, what does the Holy Spirit do? He says this. He makes a really interesting statement. He says, uh, the Holy Spirit, he leads into all truth, which is a really good thing that if you have a Bible today, you should underline that in the Bible. What does the Holy Spirit do? He leads you into truth. 
I don't know what you think about. Now, a lot of us have been in this church for a long time. Some of us are brand new to this church. Some of us did not grow up in a church like this at all, and you didn't talk about the Holy Spirit much. But a lot of people, when they want to make fun of churches, the first thing they start to do is start making fun of the Holy Spirit because they don't understand it. And all they've seen is people acting out and doing strange things that they don't understand. Am I right? Like if you watch a TV show and they want to make fun of churches, what do they do? They start doing, well, people in church, they're shaking, they're rolling on the ground. or they're. I'm, I remember, guys, listen, I think we could all talk about experiences we've had where we've encountered strange things in the spirit. I was in a church service one time back in Chilliwack, and we were all sitting there, and there was this great preacher there. He was preaching up a storm, and he was, he was from Ontario, and he was just great things were happening in his church. His name was John Arnott, and you guys may have been at this service. I don't know. And, and we're all sitting there, and all of a sudden, this one guy just starts crawling up the aisle, just crawling up the aisle on his hands and knees, crawling to the front, trying to touch the guy. That guy's preaching, and he's, he's yelling out, more, more. And we're all like, what is happening right now? I don't understand this. I don't know what's happening. But a lot of times people, when they think about the Holy Spirit, they think of weird things that they've seen people do that they don't understand. And I'm here to tell you today, first and foremost, the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. All truth. Not weird stuff. Not fleshy stuff. And something else the Holy Spirit always does is this. He always points to God. And we're going to look at a scripture showing you that. He doesn't point to himself. He doesn't make you a spectacle. He doesn't, make, he doesn't work in, in Cherokee so that everybody's looking at Cherokee saying, oh my gosh, Cherokee's amazing. Look what's happening inside of her. He always points to God. So if you say somebody and they're, and they're acting weird and doing weird stuff and they're saying it's the Holy Spirit, if it's not pointing to God and it's not leading to truth, then you should say, hmm, I'm not sure if this is the Holy Spirit. Okay? He leads into all truth. So he goes on and says this. The world can't receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now. Jesus is talking about himself because the disciples live with Jesus and the spirit of God was with Jesus. So they said, he said, you know him because he lives with you now and... Later on, will be in you. Later on, the Holy Spirit will be in you. So the way that you go and do greater works that Jesus did is because the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. Romans 8 says the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells inside of you. So if you have that same spirit inside of you, shouldn't you be able to walk in the same authority that Jesus walked in? Well, it's not just because Jesus was Jesus and Jesus was God, so he does special things that nobody else can do. No, it was the spirit of God that was inside of him. And the Bible says that same spirit lives and dwells inside of you, and it says it quickens your body. I'm way more excited about the Holy Spirit right now than all you are. 
there's a lot of work for us to do. There's a lot of people that need what you have inside of you. Josiah goes to a school. He started a new school this year. He's been in school for two weeks, and he was telling me today they had a lockdown on Friday or Thursday? Friday, for three hours, locked down at school because some guy was, was outside on the streets and he was dangerous. But there is people at Josiah's school that need what Josiah has inside of him. There's people at the prison that, that Tony works with that need the Jesus that he has inside of him. When Justin goes out and he's wiring up somebody's house or he's wiring up some business, they need the wisdom and the life that he has inside of them to help set them free from the bondages and the fears and the shackles and the worries and the doubts and the sickness that they have that are tormenting their life. You see, there's things that God has placed inside of you and with the help of the Holy Spirit is there to get it out of you to them. All right, let's keep going. All right, let's keep going. Let's look at some more scripture. He says, later it will be in you. Jesus, in the New Living Translation, calls this the advocate. An advocate is a person who publicly supports or recommends a particular purpose or case. If you have a hard time understanding the roles of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you could think of it this way. You could think of God, the Father, as the executive. All right? He is the master planner. Jesus, the Son, is the architect. And he is the liaison between the Holy Spirit and God. And the Holy Spirit is the contractor. And what does the contractor do? Contractor does the work contractor is the one that gets down and gets dirty and says, all right, let's roll up our sleeves. It's time to go to work. Guys, two years ago, I worked at a sound install company. I actually worked for the same company that the guy doing sound today works for, I worked for in Alberta. And we would work at this sound company, and it wasn't all nice and glamorous, and it wasn't all like you would come into places like this, and all the speakers that you see hanging up here and all the wires that you see that run to those speakers, our job would be to come in and make it look all pretty. So we would have to come and, like, go into the walls and pull the wires through and go under the basement and, like, get in the mud and get dirty and, like, pull it through. So I have been in crawl spaces that I couldn't even lift my head up and laid in dirt and crawled through spider webs. I got down and dirty to make all this look the way that the executives, that the people who said, this is what, this is our picture. This is what we want it to look like. This is how we want this finished project to be. Then I came along, and I was the one who got down and dirty, rolled up my sleeves, put on a hard hat, put on steel toe boots, crawled around the mud, and made it look this way. And that's what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is the contractor that helps you get down and dirty to do the work that you need to do to help bring life and healing to those people that you encounter in life. I don't know if you know this or not. I told you this many times. I love you all. I think you're grazing. Amazing. I'm not grazing. Nobody's grazing here. I think you're amazing. We're going to go graze after this. Grazing comes later. 
But, uh, you know, we come to church to receive from God and then take what you have learned and go give it away. We come to get filled up and then go give it away. So when you leave this place, your job is to take what you have received and give it away. Yeah. Yeah. Give it away. And then what do you do? You go home. You crack open your Bible. You talk to God. You pray. You let him speak to you. And then you know what you do? You take that and go give it away. And then when you're all emptied out, you know what you do? You go back home. You open your Bible again. You start looking at some more stuff. And God says, you know, Jameson, let me talk to you about this, man. I just want to show you something in the Bible. It's so cool. I just want to oh, and Jameson's like, oh, my gosh, this is blowing my mind. This is amazing. And he leaves from spending time with God. And then he goes, and he's having coffee somewhere. And he's sitting down having a conversation with somebody. And somebody says, you know what, Jameson, man, I just don't understand this. I don't understand that. I don't know what to do about this. i got this problem in my life. Mike. This is broken. That's broken. I'm sick. I don't know what to do. And Jameson says, whoa, you know what? I was reading my Bible today, and God showed me this, and I just want to tell you what he showed me. And he gives away what he has received. See, God had a plan, didn't he? God had a purpose. He's the executive. He's the one that says, this is the way that I want this all to turn out. This is my plan for you. This is my purpose. This is my plan for Adrian's life. I got a great plan for Adrian's life. Jesus came down, and he died on the cross to put that plan into action, and then went back up to heaven and then sent the Holy Spirit, who was a contractor, down to you to work inside of me and work inside of you to help those plans be accomplished so that God could be fulfilled in your life. Okay. All right. It's a good life. It is a good word. We're almost done. It's okay. It's okay. It's important to understand these things. It's important that you have an understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. It's important that when somebody asks you questions about the Bible, you've got an answer. Other than, I don't really know. Holy Spirit, oh, that's the Holy Ghost you mean, and that's Casper the friendly ghost. No, you need to have an understanding. So when somebody asks you a question, you're able to answer that and bring life because that is the Holy Spirit working in you, through you, to them. So let's answer these questions real quick. What does the Holy Spirit do? Who is he? Well, he is the counselor. He is your advocate. He is the comforter. Right? In Greek, it's parakletos. And this is what it actually is. The comforter, encourager, or counselor. He is your advocate. That's what the Holy Spirit is. What is his work? What does he do? Well, the first thing that we see that he does is that he leads you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will never lead you into error. He will never lie to you. He will never trick you. He will never tease you to be like, ha ha, I was just joking. You look like a fool. That'll never happen. The Bible says that he leads you into all truth. And we see that here in John chapter 14, verse 17, right? It just says, um, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. And if you flip over to John chapter 16, in verse number 13, again, it calls him now, it says, when the spirit of truth comes, 
He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard, and he will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. Holy Spirit is in the presence of God, and he comes to you, and he tells you what he hears God say. And that's what he communicates to you. God's plan, God's purposes, God's thoughts is what the Holy Spirit will communicate to you. And God is a God of what? Love. So if you say, oh man, God hates me, or my life is terrible, or I should just kill myself, or I should be dealing with depression, I deserve this, I deserve what's happening to me. None of those thoughts are from God. John 10.10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and I have come to give life and life abundantly. So the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. The second thing that we see that he does, in verse number 26 of chapter 14, it says this. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything again and will remind you of everything that I have told you. He is your teacher. When you don't understand something, go and spend time praying. Open your Bible, and the Holy Spirit will direct you and guide you and give you understanding and give you answers to the questions that you don't know the answers to. He is your teacher, and he will teach you and guide you in all truth so you can trust where the Holy Spirit leads you. The last thing we see here is in John chapter 16, starting at verse 7. Again, Jesus says this to them, but in fact... It's best for you that I go away, because if I don't go, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, won't come. If I do go away, then I will send them to you. And when he comes, he's going to do these three things. He will convict the world of its sin, and of God's righteousness, and of the coming judgment. Now I want to pause for a second here. We're going to go read the rest of the scripture. But when it says he's going to convict the world of its sin, you hear that word convict, and a lot of times we think right away, oh, that's what Christians are just known for, isn't it? We just convict people. We're always pointing our fingers at them. We're saying, oh, you shouldn't live like that. Oh, you shouldn't do that, man. That's the worst thing you could ever do. You're a terrible person. You're going to go to hell. Right? Christians are known as being judgy, aren't we? Like, if you talk to people in the world, people will say, oh, you're a Christian. You're against this. You're against that. You're against that. You know what I think we should be known for? Being for things. Being for love. God is love. Now, I'm not saying, don't hear me say accepting everything, but I'm saying we should be known for love. In fact, Jesus said, they will know you're my disciples by what? By pointing your finger at them and pointing out all their sins and faults? Oh, you must be a Christian. He says, you'll know, they'll know you're my disciples by your love. So how are they going to know? He says, convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and the coming judgment. Jesus goes on in verse 9 to clarify, and he says, The world's sin is this, that it refuses to believe in me. That's it. That's their sin. They just don't believe in him. Then he says, righteousness is available because I go to the Father. Because Jesus died on the cross, righteousness is available for everybody. 
All you got to do is put your hope and trust in him. All you got to do is what it says in Romans 10, 9, and 10. Believe in your heart and say with your mouth that Jesus rose from the dead and you are saved. That's how righteousness with God is made. And then it goes on and says the last thing is um, judgment will come, not judgment on them per se. He says judgment will come because the ruler of this world is already judged. And let me ask you a question. It says when the Spirit comes, he's going to convict the world of their sin and of God's righteousness and the coming judgment. How do you suppose that is going to take place? How do you suppose people are going to be convicted of their sin? How do you suppose people are going to know how to be righteous with God. Righteous just means right standing with God, that you're in right relationship, that there's nothing wonky, there's nothing out of balance, that things are okay. That's what righteous means. Righteous means that you have accepted Christ into your life and you are over here on his side. How do you think they're going to know that? Well, I'll tell you how. It's a three-letter word. It starts with the letter Y ends with the letter U, and has the letter O in the middle. That's right, Y-O-U, spells you. The way the Holy Spirit works is in you and then through you. Jesus started this whole conversation about the Holy Spirit by what? By saying this, the same works I did and greater you're going to do. And then he begins to talk about the Holy Spirit. And what that looks like and who the Holy Spirit is. He leads you into truth. He is your comforter. He is your counselor. He is your advocate. And when the Spirit comes, he is going to convict the world of its sin. Because the Holy Spirit lives in summer. So when people are talking to summer, there should be something inside of her that begins to convict people about, there's something, I don't, there's something I'm, I don't feel Like, I feel like I'm living wrong around you. Like, what's happening? Like, why? I want to be like you. Like, why? What's different about you? Besides the fact you have hair and you're a girl, what's different about you for me? He works through you. So when you leave this place today, the goal for you is to take what you've received And begin to speak truth to everybody as you come in contact with them. Begin to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Because he leads you into truth. He'll put the words in your mouth. He'll put the words in your heart to say at the right time. You don't have to worry about it. He'll bring people across your path. Did you know this? The Holy Spirit will bring people. God will bring people into your life. so that you can minister so that you can bring life to those people stand up with me thank you so much for joining us today we want to encourage you to take what you just heard and let it go deeply in your heart to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only he can do we also want to encourage you to be a part of what's going on here at Connect Head over to connectchurch.ca to find out how.